ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show on a Tuesday and sitting across from me, the legend himself. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Jay Walker is here. Good morning. Hi. It's game week. Yes. I know, I know. You got a lot to do before game day. Got a lot to do before game day. Thank you for coming on. And, um, you know, when I say game College game day. What do you think about? Or what person do you think about? Uh, Corso. Correct. See, I didn't ask you that beforehand, but I knew you were going to say that. Right. Lee is 87 years old. Yeah. And and I, this may be a sacrilege, but it's time for Lee to step down. Oh. He, I don't think he can do it anymore. Oh, he's doing it. I, I know he's trying, but boy, I'll tell you, every telecast, there's... There's something he says that makes me just shake my head. I, I I realize the man's a legend and an icon, but I think it's time. All you need is a remote control to put it on and see that it's 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 nearing an end. Yeah, many feel like this will this could you know this will be the last year, and yet, I mean, his picks are highly entertaining. You can't replicate that with anyone else. I get why ESPN is trying to continue this. Thing. Oh, sure. And for Lee, I mean, the guy's been involved in college football for 64 years straight. Um, but as we know, age is undefeated. And, you know, his, he's had some lingering speech issues. He had a, a very serious stroke, and that was back in 09, I think. Um, I just... College game day has been sort of the go-to college football show for so many years. Mm-hmm. When they lose Corso, I mean, Fowler, I love Fowler. Fowler's great. I've had him on the show before. He got replaced by Reese Davis, and it was like, that was fine. Some people still think Fowler hosts the show, and he hadn't for years. Herb Street, okay, he's a star. I get it, but... Heck, he's he might be doing other stuff soon. I mean, he's Thursday night football color analyst now with with Al Michaels. Like, is he going to want to stick around? I guess where I'm going at Jay is what happens to College Game Day when Lee Corso isn't there. Well, you know he's irreplaceable. Okay, I mean, very simple. He's irreplaceable. So the show has a gap that's never going to get filled, and. You know, it's going to give um, the Fox Saturday morning show uh, an opportunity to uh, to do some damage. We'll see. His role last week was diminished a lot. You get the sense that he's he's just there were some delays. the The scripted time 
I mean, I don't know if he's going to make it through the season. And I that think was, that was my thought. You know, I, I which is sad. Um, he was doing some of his portions remotely. Do you do you announce that this is it? Do you kind of because from a from a from a producing standpoint, if you're an executive, even if he is struggling with aspects of it now, based on his health and age. There is some ratings that come with that. There is a celebration. And I don't even think it's done in poor taste. I think it would be good to do. I I, I don't know if they're worried that maybe he just, it, it he won't be able to get through. So you don't want to do that. But I, I, I would, if I was there, I would say, let's, let's make the announcement. Let's celebrate him. You could have vignettes every week that show some of his old great stuff. And I do think because he is, I'm sure there's someone listening out there that's like, I never liked him. His approval rating is really high. It I is mean, very he's, high. He's very much, he never was like Lou Holtz where they're like, all right, get him off the TV. He's he's like, you see him and you just smile, you laugh. I think they should do that. I feel like they should announce, you know, this is his last season, let's celebrate it. And people would be asking what's next. Be like, I'll worry about that later. Right now, let's just celebrate Lee. I think that would be the route to go, but doesn't seem like they want to do that. Um and if you do that, maybe they want more of them. I don't. I don't know the answer here. This is a. Uh, it's tough when 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 broadcasters are getting older and they're legendary. And in the case of Corso, though, I mean he's eighty seven. Yeah. I'm I'm here to tell you I will not be doing this at age eighty seven. I don't know. I mean, future of medicine? You don't think so? Uh, no. No. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I think, look, if you're going to replace Corso, you just have to go somewhere. You don't, you don't try to replicate anything. Yeah, you, you'd have to come up with a different sort of shtick, I guess. Yeah. But I, the thing is, you know, people would say, well, what about Pat McAfee? I know he's this name that gets thrown around for literally everything. And, and he's great, but that's the thing. He does so many different things. Part of what's worked for Corso is that, that's it. There's not, you know, Herb Street, you could see him all over the place. You could see him in different aspects. You see, with Corso, it's just college game day. And I think there's there's value in that whenever it's like, that's it. So you try to replace him. I, I don't know. I feel like ESPN, I think some of the other shows are going to try really hard to put a lot of, they're going to invest a whole bunch into their equivalent of what college game day is. Uh, whenever, whenever Lee is done, because I, I think it's, I think it changes things. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Um, week zero, Jay. Mm-hmm. How about old, about old Scott Frost there? You know, the I knew as soon as Nebraska lost a football game. Okay, that he was going to be front and center, and what does he do? He goes out and, and goes out and loses week zero. And every time Nebraska loses this year, some talking head is going to say, "Well, was that the last game for Scott Frost?" You know, he's on the hot seat. We all know he's on the hot seat. They lost conference game. They lost. By one possession again. They lost because of a bad special teams call that he said was his choice. Well, that's what he's going to say. Well, I don't know. He's got a new offensive coordinator, and he criticized the offense in the postgame. So 
I, I think Frost, if he wasn't if he wasn't a Nebraska alum and they didn't really, really want him so badly to succeed because of how much he loves the school, he probably would have been replaced a year ago because... Yeah, probably. You know, they didn't like Pelini, but Pelini was out there going 9-3 and three most years and competing, and that wasn't good enough. And I, I said this yesterday. I was like, look, I, I, I feel bad for Nebraska fans. I've been there with you. It is, It really is college football royalty in a lot of ways. But you saw their consecutive game sellout streak snap. You've seen the the, the the winds are changing a little bit. And I, I want so badly for that fan base and that team to be as relevant as they once were. I would love for Nebraska to be Nebraska again. I would. I'd love it. But what they are now is is this. And I don't think... I just don't... I don't in, in today's landscape of college football, I think it's going to be awfully difficult for them to ever they're never going to get back to what they were in the in the 90s and the first decade of the early part of the 2000s are they probably not but you know you got to at least get to the point where you're competing yeah you know to to where your fans who are some of the best fans in all of college football um have a reason to be passionate again uh i'd no, I would I would love for them to have a bounce back and be a consistent eight, nine, occasionally a ten win team. I think that'd be great. Did you watch that UTEP North Texas game you were interested in? No, it was it was on stadium, okay? And and I wasn't about to try to sit down and figure out how to find it. <laughs> I didn't want to see it that bad. And as it turned out, it wasn't that good a game. No, I told everyone, I said, I'm no betting expert, but I I promise you, take the under. I think early on it was 55. I'm like, these teams scored 37 last year. The best player on the field is gone. They're 3,000 feet higher. Last year they had 19 punts in the game and ran it 82 times. They're not going to be lighting up the scoreboard. And they didn't. Um, week zero needs one more. They they need, I don't know, they need a one bigger matchup to really get into it. But as far as Nebraska goes, getting back to it, I don't, I, I don't, it was a bad spot for them because for a lot of college football fans, that's probably the only full Nebraska game they're going to watch this year. Once there other, once all the games are going and there's other options, it's never going to be like the premier game. And so they lose again. There's a really bad onside kick call. They lose by one possession. Like that's going to be, that's what everyone's going to remember for everyone. That's what most are going to remember about Nebraska this season, even if they finish, you know, seven and five or whatever. That's going to be the le- it, it's it's a tough spot to be, man. It's a tough spot to be. You want the Cajuns to go play a game in Ireland? I'd love it. That'd be pretty cool. I'd love it. Go to Dublin, hang out for a while. I'm I'll I'll sign off on that right now. You talked to uh, Coach Desimo last night and Christy Gray, volleyball coach for UL, and um. You know, I had Coach Desermo on yesterday, and boy, you you can just tell they're they're sick of waiting, man. Oh yeah, they, they are. They, he is he is tired. Said you know what did he say yesterday? He's like Jake Delone came and talked to us. He's like y'all are gonna have to answer a lot of questions. He's like I feel like that's all we've done since last December is just answer questions. We finally get to actually answer them on the field this week. He uh, he made the comment last night. He said, 
I'm tired of talking about what we don't have. He said, I want to talk about what we do have because what we do have is a good football team with quality depth and we're ready to go play. But he, he's tired of hearing about the guys in the portal and the seniors and he's tired of hearing about it. The um... and, and that is the first time. Now, you know, how long have I known Mike? Okay. It's, it's been a while. 17 years. Might be the first time I've ever heard him sound irritated. Yeah, well. <laughs> they, he and the, and the team have a big chip on their shoulder. They do. And uh, I asked him yesterday, I said, listen, I know as a coach when things are going well, you, 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 you want to guard against eating the cheese, right? You want to you say, look, just keep you. I said, but when things are going well and – Maybe you're not getting the recognition that perhaps you think you should get as a team, considering, you know, programs won 13 games in a row. You're not ranked. You're only getting a few votes. Like, you may not be putting in the in the locker room, hey, we're ranked this week, but you're definitely going to be put in there, hey, we're not even ranked, and we did this. And he was like, listen, my personality, the personality of a lot of guys on this roster is that they've been overlooked. They all have a chip on their shoulder. And when it comes to things like that, he said, yeah, we'll, we'll point that out to him. We'll point – because Andre Jones, he, he, he told me, he's like, look, we never talk about the 13-game win streak. I was like, okay, coach, but do you talk about the fact that you're not ranked and no one's really – and he was like, you know, in the preseason poll, we were voted to win the West, but it was just kind of – he had – the chip is is big this year. Good. And I think it's – I think that's natural for a competitor like him, but I think to his point, these guys are tired of answering questions. Mm-hmm. They're just ready to play. They're uh, and the opening line is minus fourteen. Look, Southeastern had a really good year last year. They're one of the better teams in the FCS, but you lost a pretty dang good quarterback. You did. You you lost some other players too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Southeastern's got a really nice club. And despite the fact that they've lost Cole Kelly, uh, they've got players. They got a couple of first team FCS all Americans in the defensive backfield. They, they got players now they got players. And yet, you know, you go to the quarterfinals last year in the FCS and a team that's now in your league hung 50 on them. So, we'll see. ESPN Lafayette, pregame at 4 o'clock this Saturday, right here on ESPN Lafayette and uh, from Learfield. Rage Cajun Sports Network, Richie Falgo and Steve Pelliquin pregame, Jay Walker, Gerald Broussard in the booth, Cody Juno on the sideline. I'll have halftime for you. I'll have postgame highlights. Here we go. This Saturday, the season kicks off. Um LSU kicks off their season one day later. Brian Kelly's playing coy as far as who's starting quarterback, but everyone feels like it's going to be Jaden Daniels. I think if it's Nussmeyer, it's a surprise. Do you? A lot of coaches. This isn't. This isn't anything new. Coaches yeah. have done it. They wait until. Oh, HUD did it. Sure, sure. A couple times. Yeah, they wait and they wait and like we don't want to tell. Every now and then, I get it because you truly don't know. 
But I maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. Jay, I feel like 95% of the time when it's quarterback and a coach does this, everyone kind of already knows. Yeah, and, you know, well, you know, we have a competitive advantage by not telling. Dude, if you're scared, say you're scared. Come on. Be a big boy. You know, it's like Sarkeesian deciding he's not going to release a depth chart at all, all season long. Dude, if you're scared, say you're scared. If you've got to do that to try to get a competitive advantage, maybe you don't have a hell of a lot of confidence in your team. Yeah. So I'm I'm not in favor of what Kelly's doing. Uh, I think it's a... Well, I mean, Bob, game one, like, all right, we want him to prepare for maybe two quarterbacks. And... You know, it. I have seen teams have to prepare for two quarterbacks and not blink an eye. And, you know, LSU's got the advantage because, heck, Florida State played last week, so they got some film to watch. Florida State's got nothing. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I just don't get it. If it's Nussmeyer, I will be very surprised. I will, I will too. Um, and then Monday night, you have Clemson, Georgia Tech. Clemson ranked in the top four. You and I are in agreement. Most overrated team right now? Uh, most overrated team not named Notre Dame. Really? Clemson's not finishing in the top ten. Is Notre Dame going to finish in the top ten? Uh, they might only because of the schedule they play. They'll, they'll win nine games and people put them in the top ten because they're Notre Dame. Will Notre Dame end up in the Big Ten at some point with all of this conference realignment? Not while I still have breath. They're going to do everything they can not to do it. Mm-hmm. They're looking for big money paydays. May happen while you have breath. Who, in your mind, what college football teams, because football's driving this, Conference realignment. Who essentially in your mind is maybe auditioning this year? I was talking about this last hour. There's a few teams in the Pac-12 that I I think most folks might think of Oregon and Washington because of some prestige there, some history. But if the Big Ten wants to go to this super conference and they're looking at a few more teams on the West from a market Value standpoint, I Cal think, and Stanford make more sense. I, I think if they were going to go ahead and add more than USC and UCLA, they'd have done it. I, I, I'm i not buying this business of, oh, well, you know, we might take more of those guys. No, you know who's, you know who's auditioning for a bigger conference? Florida State. Because sooner or later, that, that contract... Yeah. Sooner or later, that contract is going to get negotiated out or bought out or that... Florida State is is now they're auditioning to be an SEC team. I think I mentioned Florida State last hour. I think when it comes to Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson, the my thought is whoever negotiated that contract and convinced them all out of fear to sign it and lock them in to twenty thirty four. Don't you think some lawyers have already combed through this thing of a lot? Of course they have. Like, wouldn't they, wouldn't they already be trying to... You don't think who one said, of them would already be out? Who said they're not? They may just be doing it behind closed doors. It'd be tough. They, you, may you, not, they may not be ready yet. They'd be tough to do behind closed doors, but to your point, Jay, 
when that Texas OU announcement happened a little over a year ago, we were all like, huh? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how they kept that thing under wraps, and they did. So it's possible, but I I just, I think that contract that they signed is a little more, I think there's, there's a, 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 I think it's, there's, there's more terms and conditions to read through than perhaps the Pac-12 one. That's where I'm at with it. Um, all right, getting back to college sports for a minute. What are your thoughts on South Carolina's live mascot being named the general? I, I was unaware, didn't didn't know. You you didn't Don't. follow the story that there was a big push from the fans to name it Cock Commander. I I have to say that no, I I was not aware of that. For real, this for was real. like this is a big story last week. Uh, okay, well, you know, I must I must have been getting ready for a football season. The newspaper in South Carolina, the Charleston Post and Courier, had a poll of ten team names, and uh, Cock Commander was running away with it. Uh, and they actually had some history to that name because back in the early two thousands, the student newspaper did a poll and put it on there, but it was by accident. Now, this is a student newspaper, so you don't have as many editors. They put the name on there as a joke, and then before they edited it, it got sent out to the school, and then it just became a thing, and then got brought back to life uh, with this unofficial poll they put out. Uh, But the state newspaper, the, the 10 naming options for the rooster, they did not have the general down there, and they ended up choosing the general. With the amount of coverage that um, Cock Commander got last week. Look, the school and the media will call the the live rooster the general, but everyone else is calling a Cock Commander. You know, I I think general's a terrible name. They they claim they did it to recognize Thomas Sumter, a general who fought during the Revolutionary War. Um, Okay. Well, yeah, and he had a fort named after him. That's where the Civil War started. Um, True. True story. Shots fired on Fort Sumter, start of the Civil War. But they could call him General Sumter or Sumpt or something. You know, because when I hear the general, I think of the Shaquille O'Neal commercial. <laughs> that's you right. Know, right. The general that's it. <laughs> that's it. I, I, you know, it's, here's South Carolina's mascot, and I'm going to be looking for this little midget general coming out. They get a lot of free pub out of this thing. Oh, hell yeah, they do. Sometimes when you get an unofficial nickname that just uh, uh, a fan base picks up, it doesn't matter what you do after that. It's just going to stick. Cock Commander will live on. There you are. 337-269-1077. If you want to call on the show, we can take a few phone calls before we get to TTT. Let's head to the phone lines now. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Well, hello, guys. Um Thing maybe the reason why these coaches aren't naming their uh, lineups or quarterbacks or whatever is because of the transfer portal. I don't think Sarkeesian not you know, no because and the NIL. This this isn't a lot. new this isn't a new thing though. You know this has no, been going is, on right. for a long time. Yeah, you're right. This is well, the, our ball. From what I understand, Harbaugh is going to play one quarterback one game, start one quarterback one game, and start one quarterback the next game. Yeah, he he said it was it was it was biblical in nature. But I think when we start using Jim Harbaugh as an example for anything <laughs> for the norm of college football, we're we're getting off track. Because he is he is well, definitely one of a kind. Hold on 
what is the norm of college football anymore? Not Gi- no not norm. not Jim Harbaugh. I'll say that. No, there, there is no norm in college football anymore. I mean, when you when 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 you got what what has happened this past season and on next season, I can it's not going to get any better from here. It's only going downhill from here. This this whole the way that the the way that the NCAA just completely relinquished its duty as the governor and uh, the governing body of college football completely. It, there is no there, there there's no rule there's no rules anymore. There's, it's it's going to be complete chaos and anarchy. And it's just a question of how long. I mean, I'm telling you, this is going down a bad. It, it, we haven't even begun to see where this is going to go. It's going to get bad. It ain't going to get good. I can promise you that. Especially when you start throwing 18-year-old kids and unlimited amounts of money into locker rooms together with each other. And a lot of these kids, a lot of them, you know, coming from places where you know, they. Uh, I'm telling you, this is gonna. This is gonna turn bad. It's gonna turn really bad. And I don't think college. I don't think the people who run college sports. I don't even know if they care. I don't. I. I can tell you, they can't. They're not very intelligent. And for for, the, for these people to be running institutions of higher learning, they are proving that they're the pretty damn dumb. Well, you know, you're, you're, we're going to see it play out. Your opinion, your opinion is not unique. I, you know, I think from the very day that name, image, and likeness came out right on the heels of you can transfer without penalty, everybody knew the toothpaste was out of the tube. We're just finding out the effects of it now. Oh, we haven't started to see the effects of it. Oh no, we're, we're seeing the effects of it, but you're right; it's going to be worse. You're right, it's but 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 we're not we're not going to sit here problem. and say, and we're not seeing the effects of it. Uh, you know, Stevie Wonder is seeing the effects of it. Right, but I mean, we're, but but the, the, but we're seeing the beginning, yes. of the effects of it. I agree. We're not seeing all the toothpaste out of the tube yet. We're just seeing a little tip of it come out. Well, this is going to get bad. You're, um, I mean, and and if I can predict this. Then it's obvious that it couldn't have been that hard for them to figure out what was going to happen. I don't understand why they, why these people, it could call themselves adults, how they could call themselves a governing body. It's real simple. No, you know what? There's an answer to that, though, Kyle. There's an answer to that. The reason they did what they did is they got their ass sued and they lost, and so they had to go ahead and make it feasible to for student athletes to go ahead and make money over their name likeness and image and because it was such a highly publicized thing and because it went for so many years because this goes back to ed o'bannon in a video game two decades ago because of that they made it a big deal and basically said okay you know it's almost like you felt guilty for for keeping Johnny's allowance, so you're going to give it all back to him at once, and that's basically what they did. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's this is going to breed a 
this is, I'm just going to say, this is going to, I don't even know how professional, how professional athletics or professional football will survive eventually because of what's going to happen to college football, which is their feeder, you know, it's, it's their, it's their way to get players. I just don't know how they're going to, they're going to have to eventually college sports uh, as far as I'm talking about revenue generating sports are going to eventually have to break away from universities themselves. Might happen. And in the future, that might be where it's going unless, uh, you know, the government gets involved uh, somewhat, but appreciate the call, Kyle, which I, I like, I'll say this. I like that Kyle used one topic to try to get to what he really just wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instead of being like, here's what I think about NIL and and college sports. Like, you think this thing that's been happening for years and years when it comes to depth charts has anything to do with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, College football isn't going anywhere. But it is evolving. And in ways that Five, ten years from now, we're going to say, man, we we weren't really sure where this was going, but here we are. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. How y'all doing? Good. What's up? Okay, I just got a question. Uh, partially, I mean, I can't wait for college football to really kick off. That's a great part of the year. Uh, I keep hearing about, and I just had a question. Uh, I'm a Hurricane fan, and I came from Florida State, North Carolina, uh, and Clemson, the SEC. Where do you think Miami would fall? Do you don't think Miami would be an attractive program to the Big Ten or the SEC? And I'll hang up. You know, one of the things, and, and, and honestly, I'm going to deal from a position of ignorance here uh, because I don't know – how Miami is looked upon as an academic institution. And I, you know, one of the things that the SEC has done is with the, the, the teams that they have brought in in the last two expansions, they've brought in teams that are very well thought of from an academic standpoint. I think Clemson and Florida State fit that bill as well. I, I, but I don't know about Miami. I mean, I, I'm dealing from ignorance here. Um, if they're not being considered, that might be why. Um, I don't think geography plays a part in it, even though they're, you know, so much farther south. I don't know. I, it's just that I hear Florida State Clemson, Florida State Clemson all the time. And I haven't heard Miami at all. I will say this, though. As a Miami fan, get ready to have fun. Because it's not going to be long. Coach Cristobal. Because Mario Cristobal is going to get it done there. I remember talking to him on the pregame show back when you would play FIU. That's right. I, I, Miami, Miami's going to be very close very soon. When we called, uh, I, well, I was on color. You obviously play-by-play for ULFIU in, I don't remember what year that was. 08, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was in 2008. Um, or, no, 2007. We were at the old Orange Bowl, and that visiting, you remember the visiting broadcast booth? You were on the roof. It was like a plastic box. on. Uh-huh. It, it felt like, you know, when like one of those magicians does like a stunt where they're in like a, 
uh, a see-through box in water above a billboard, and they're like, I'm going to be here for 24 hours or some weird David Blaine thing. I think they just got one of those, put it on top of the old Orange Bowl, which has since been turned down, and that's where the visiting radio team would call. Because we weren't in, like, a press box with everyone else. We just kept going up. No, we're we like, were in this little hut. Look at this thing. You know, it's one of the weirder games that I've ever broadcasted because you're on the roof of the Orange Bowl, which seats like 70-something thousand people. Yeah. You got about 600 fans there. It was late in the season, and both teams were were not good that year. I mean, the Cajuns ended up winning the game. Um, Grant Fleming had a big game that day. Antoine Sanders, they were good on defense, but I mean, both it was it was it was weird. It was empty, but we we're up in this glass box that felt like if a fast wind came through, we would just fall to our deaths. And you don't remember this, but that's when you know an elevator door knocked you over. <laughs> I laughed at you, and you did not laugh back. I don't even remember that. It was after the game. We were like rolling the equipment out, and typically an elevator door, when you put your hand in front of it, goes back the other way. Well, this one did not, and Jay kind of stumbled a bit. You hadn't, you know, you just you were ready to get outside of the stadium and like get on the bus and. When you looked up and saw me laughing, you were were not laughing at all. Uh, Happens sometimes. LSP, I'm about to slap you, Uh was the look on his face. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Morton Anderson. Yeah. Who Jay interviewed when he was promoting this record. When he was promoting that record, him and Brian Hansen together. Take it to the top. Louisiana opens up their football season this Saturday at home against Southeastern. What kind of crowd are you anticipating at Cajun Field? I was, I was asked that this morning. You know, we've had some pretty unsettled weather for about two weeks now. And and the forecast says we may have some more unsettled weather. All it takes is Rob Perillo or Heath Morton going on and say, hey, there's a 70% chance of rain. And people immediately say, okay, we're not going to the game. So I would love to see 25,000 plus in Mike's first game at Cajun Field as the head coach. But if there's a threat of rain, we're not going to get that. There is plenty of information to support that theory. That is not an opinion based on a small sample size. No. And, and you know, there are a lot of casual Cajun fans that, that you know, that Saturday is not necessarily priority for them. And, um, 
and it, it doesn't take much. Single game tickets, you can get them. Cajun on box office all week, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Special hours this week on game day. Uh, that one opens at 10 a.m. And then the others around Cajun Field by Gates, uh, C, D, and E by Russo Park. Those open at 10.30 and shut down at the start of the third quarter. So, uh, And you can get tickets to Cajun on box office for the following week. They're playing Eastern Michigan. It's on NFL Network. They want to have a sea of red, so wear red for that one. But um, first two games at home. You got. Um, you've also got... A thing where the Cajun Dome box office is going to be open till six o'clock uh, each night this week, and you know if there's some other games that intrigue you, you can go ahead and buy a three pack. You can choose three home games and pay a discounted price. You can do that at the Cajun Dome box office this week as well. You can go ahead and make this one if you want to do homecoming. You can, and if you want to, um, you know, pick the game that's on Jay's birthday, you can do that too. That one's against Troy. That's right. Jay's turning the big 5-0 on November 5th. Yeah, that. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned homecoming, tailgate for 50 from Fizo Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar, UL Athletics, and us here at ESPN Lafayette. You can win it. They're going to set up the tent table chairs. They're going to be a wait staff. They're going to cook for you. They're going to provide the soft drinks, the water. You're going to have a prime tailgating spot. The only way you can get it is if you win it. And the only way to win it is to sign up. Click on tailgate for 50 on the ESPN Lafayette app or on the tailgate for 50 on ESPNLafayette.com on the What's Hot Bar. Good luck this week, Jay. Thank you. Look forward to hearing you Saturday for the season opener. Going to be fun. Dan Patrick shows next. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. It's the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.